actually, this topic that you're bringing up has um, gotten some uh, feedback. Uh, Connor, uh, the talk that I had with Connor was not the only one. Uh, and so several people have called and talked about this. And every time it seems like a, a better thing to do, the more likely that we have more videos out, then the more likely people will see it and uh, whatnot. So um, actually, I'm surprised for you to say that there are 10 watts in Germany. Anyway, yeah, I'm surprised that there's 10 watts, but uh, I didn't know about them. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that has to do with the language barrier. That in fact, in, in the, the English language, when people ask about it, it's really easy for me to Google uh, a, a particular city and the word Wat or Thai and uh, Buddhism and those kind of uh, words and and find all sorts of things. Uh, just posted the, the list of the German ones. Oh, okay, so you got that off of Wikipedia. Yeah, then I checked, obviously. <laughs> I, I got further and checked some out, and some do have websites, some don't. And um, basically the thing I was looking for was all the ones that are in the Theravada tradition. Right. We should be putting all of those into our, uh, into our database on our website so that people can find them uh, really easy without having to do a lot of different Google searches. Right now we have more than 100 US watts uh, that are going to be put into database and so we can put these 10 German places in also. Um, there, there has been some discussion about um, in a Western mentality, uh, for instance, retreat centers uh, in the West may not want their information in our database, but they're they're giving it out publicly anyway, in the sense that they want people to know. But I know for sure that that's uh, the case uh, with the Asians, that uh, everyone who gets into the real teachings of the Buddha and understand what's, uh, what is there, they want that information out and public. They want everyone uh, who has any interest at all in knowing it. And so we should uh, put all 10 of them in there. Now, this is what I would, um, there's several things to do. Uh, and that the first thing to say is, is that you should actually go and do an investigation. That you might, in fact, uh, sort of make it an, um, a plan to go visit all 10 of them. Okay. Uh, and uh, gather up the various information, the kind of things that you hear and whatnot like that. And um, since they're all Theravada, I don't know what country that they're from, but I would assume that if it's Thai, then they will know, uh, uh, someone there will know about Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa. Okay. If they do respond positively to your inquiries about Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa, 
then that's a good place for us then to uh, establish a, a stronger relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, there has also been a Zoom call uh, where um, Robert, who lives here in Thailand and knows the Thai systems very well, uh, and I gave a long Zoom talk on uh, etiquette and how to handle things. And but that, that Zoom call actually has the letters ZM in it as the first rather than SK for Skype. Uh, and it's on uh, our channel. Okay. So you can find it easily by just uh, uh, searching for ZM in our channel. Okay. Uh, and there's a certain amount of etiquette uh, that needs to be done, but the easy way to understand that etiquette is do what other people there are doing. Instead of doing things the way, the way that you see Westerners doing. For instance, you will, if you see a door that has a lot of shoes in front of it, take your shoes off there and go in that door. Yeah. That, <laughs> That'll give you the idea. Basically, that's uh, uh, a, a point of culture, but uh, it is really a, a valuable thing in the sense that uh, if people take their shoes off before they go into a house, you don't track in the dirt off your shoes. That yeah, when it's you take pr- your shoes pretty off, common here in Germany. Oh, I'm surprised because I was just about to mention that uh, cold weather seems to be the, the issue of why people wear shoes in the house. <laughs> no, it's pretty common. You just take your shoes off and get, wait, let me show you, get these shoes. <laughs> yes, right. Sandals. Yeah. <laughs> or those that can be easily taken off. Exactly. That has been the culture here in Thailand forever, but... Um, well, not forever. Humans haven't worn shoes forever, but way back into the past. Uh, but but more Western footwear uh, has made it onto the shelves and into the advertisements. And so it's really funny when the when the Thai people are wearing shoes when they're going into a business or into a house or into a wad or something like that that they're frustrated about having to take their shoes off because they can't just slip them off. They've got to sit down and untie them and things like that. Um, so with that regard, now you know what kind of shoes to actually go to the white. If you wear shoes that are easy to take off, then it'll be easier to take off. And so uh, you kind of get into the habit. The other thing that I noticed over time, which is just a side point, is is that the Thai people uh, are unconcerned about shoes. And I was, because of ownership of property and all of that. And there was a lot that I went to, and I'd come out, and the shoes were missing. And I go all okay. over the place looking for the shoes. And there they were placed at a front door that was on the other side of the building. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't walk there by themselves. 
but I hear people in the West complaining from time to time that, that their shoes are stolen when they go to the watch. No, they're <laughs> not stolen. They're just, um, let us say, uh, used. And, the, and they're, they're just, you know, they're at just another door. <laughs> um, uh, so the, the kind of etiquette that, that, you, will, that you will have like that uh, is uh, something that is it's different in the West. Um, that that would be a, uh, a disastrous no-no for someone to, to steal a pair of shoes at a, at yeah. a watch. But, <laughs> but in Thailand, yeah, it was a, it was a Thai watch. So anyway, um, check them out and, okay. uh, and, and go visit and um, find out what's, what um, services, and I'm not talking about Christian prayer services, but what kind of services that they offer for the, uh, the, the German people. Okay. Uh, uh, in German language, um, as opposed to whatever Asian language. More than likely, these are Taiwans. Yeah, there are obviously some, there's what Thai temple, yes, yeah, some Thai words, yeah, a lot, like forest tradition, Thai temple of the Theravada Buddhism, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is something that a lot of Westerners don't know, that there are so many Watts, and uh, uh, I, I didn't know that, in fact, um, uh, Agnes and I we're trying to figure out what was available in, in her area. She's in Sweden, and Germany is just next door, I think, to Sweden. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, so uh, I should should mention to her that there are 10 terawatt of watts. She's got her eye on a, on a, a, a nunnery, uh, a watt uh, that was actually out of the Achan Cha tradition, and they've got a whole um, thing built up in California. I think there's about 15 or 20 nuns uh, that are there. Yeah, here's one as well, like a nun, nun close of the Saravada tradition. Oh, really? Oh, well, I, I shall yeah. send that to, uh, to Agnes then. But I haven't looked into it because, oh, I don't want to share my screen. How do I stop it? I just wanted to send you a link. Okay. Name. It's just the name I found. Abby Dama Klaus. Now that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> What's a word? Why? So, um, that's a that's a really good point. Um, to uh, for Westerners, uh, because so much of the Buddhism that is Western Buddhism is merely books that Westerners have read. And um, there's a Western influence within Western Buddhism um, that uh, can sometimes, let us say, be problematic, the culture itself. And so getting into and involved with the Asian culture, because especially Southeast Asian culture, uh, like Laos, Cambodia, uh, uh, Thailand, Burma, Vietnam, they have been Buddhist 
as a culture for centuries. Yeah. And so many of the cultural things that you find there are actually some things that come out of uh, out of uh, Buddhism that has affected the culture so much. Uh, though I have no evidence of it, in fact, the evidence uh, that's physical and easy to see, um, it's still easy to miss. And that is, is that uh, Buddhist cultures tend to uh, drift towards becoming a matriarchal society rather than a patriarchal society. Okay. Most, uh, the natural way or the normal way that societies become uh, patriarchal is simply because uh, of the hunter-gatherer times when the women gathered and the hunters were strong and they were out hunting and killing and so they came home and they just ran the place. And so it's natural for it to be that way. But within a Buddhist culture, because the, the uh, people are interested in, in uh, the teachings of the Buddha, especially uh, men, um, there's actually a sutta. It's in the Dinga Dakaya, it's number 31 in, in, uh, in the sutta. It's advice to laymen. Mm -hmm. And one of the advices to laymen, because these are all some pretty heavy things, and this one seems to be uh, a big one. And that is, is that the advice that the Buddha gives to laymen, uh, especially, the, and the word is householder, in the sense that a householder is not just a layman, that uh, when we hear the word layman, that means that this guy is into a religion no matter what condition he's in. In the, in the Pali, the word householder means that he's in the condition of holding a house no matter what religion he's in. Okay. All right. So it does, So when I talk about householders or lay people, uh, there's confusion with that because that's not even a concept within Buddhism. Okay. Uh, but the householders are the ones who are, uh, let us say, wealthy enough that they've got to manage property, houses, they have a family, they probably got servants and all kinds of things like that. And what the Buddha would recommend to them then seems to be even more strenuous than what you would find in the West. Because if a guy is not a householder, then uh, if he's really uh, enthusiastic about the, uh, uh, the Buddha and the dispensations of the Buddha, and he doesn't own property, he might as well go ahead and join the Sangha. Yeah. Right. So this issue now about how the householders are is, is that the Buddha recommends that they give all of their duties and all of the uh, decision making to the wife and let her run the place <laughs> so that he has less and less and more and uh, less and less to do and more and more time to do nothing. <laughs> well, if you have an entire uh, area that, uh, that go to a particular wat and a particular monk will recommend this to the guys who come to his temple, then that community over a course of a generation or two is going to become matriarchal because all the women run everything. 
And that's exactly how it is here in Thailand. That if you go into a mom and pop shop where the wife and the husband are there, um, in the West, it will be uh, the wife who is, uh, will be the sales merchant dealing with the customer. And the dad uh, and the husband is the big boss that's got an office in the back. In yeah. Thailand, that role will be actually reversed. Okay. That, that the man will come and, and deal with the customers while his wife is counting her money. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and so that's one of the things that, uh, that you go into now. When feminism met Buddhism, they were all unhappy, especially about uh, Thailand, because Thailand has never had a Meiji, uh, excuse me, never had a Bakuni uh, ordination system. Uh, and uh, the idea was is that uh, the Buddha was the only one who could, uh, the only man who could ordain women, that since that time, all of the um, women's ordination has had a woman. It turns out that that may not be the case, but that was what was the, the thought 25 years ago when all of this occurred. But what the Westerners who were uh, uh, all into feminism thinking that uh, uh, Buddhism in particular and Thailand in general uh, was chauvinistic, they didn't understand the culture. They didn't understand that, yeah, uh, the, the men may run the watch, but he doesn't run it if his wife tells him he can't go there right now. <laughs> and that most of the watch will have actually a Meiji area. That there's a huge number of houses at Wat Suan Mok that were built for, uh, and in many cases by women, uh, to house uh, women there. Um, and so, uh, this is the, the kind of Buddhism that I know is the kind of Buddhism to where there's no reason to think that the uh, that women uh, are not uh, appropriately dealt with because they seem uh, by the Western mentality to be down to men, to where in mm. fact secretly it's the reverse. <laughs> And so, in that regard, what you want to do when you're at the Watt is to go introduce yourself to the old ladies that you will find there, if there are any. Okay. Okay. Make friends with them. If you can make friends with the old ladies at the Watt, just being friendly and smile and, and, and introduce yourself and that kind of thing, that will gain you more than you believe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely make friends with the old ladies at the Watt because they actually run the place. Which is fine for the guys because then they don't have to do anything. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, you, you see in religions in the West, um, a lot of the religion has to do with the collection plate and how much money you're going to get. So naturally, uh, the preachers are involved with the business of the church. Guess what? In Thailand, 
the monks are not involved much with the business of the church other than to give some advice. But the actual decision making uh, is done by uh, the lay people, including when the place is open and who is open to. Okay. And that within the, the lay community, um, the women will often make those kinds of decisions. For instance, in, in Seattle right now, Wat uh, Atamayatarama, shortened down to Wat Atam is what they call it, is closed right now and, don't, and won't allow any visitors into the buildings. Yeah. <laughs> and that Achan Reed said he didn't have anything to do with that. He would really like Eric to move right in, but sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> the old ladies say that we're putting in quarantine. But Achan Reed then calls uh, Achan Moon at a different Taiwat on the other side of Seattle, and now Eric is staying there because their rules are different, because the, um, uh, the, the local people make the, the, the rules of the temple. And so this is all kind of strange new stuff. Yeah. You would think that a, head, that a head monk would be the one who could decide whether he's going to let someone come and, and visit or stay or whatnot. And that's not the case. Okay, interesting. Interesting is... <laughs> Yes, it really is. And that's one of the reasons why I can fit into Thai cultures because I've been here long enough to figure all of that stuff out. That I've had to relearn and unlearn a lot of the Western mentality and a lot of the Western ways. And uh, uh, by the way, Thailand uh, has done one thing right, and that is, is that there is no coronavirus here much at all. I think that they've had a total of 3,000 cases and a total now of 57 deaths. Okay, well. Wow is right. <laughs> and they've just made a deal with AstraZeneca, which is the British firm, uh, for the, uh, uh, the vaccines. And so Thailand will be getting vaccines fairly quickly. Okay. So they're on top of that game. Um, so anyway, I thought that I would share uh, that bit of, of culture because when you go to the Wat, it will be kind of surprising to you. One of the surprises that Westerners have is how genuinely open and welcoming they are at the Thai Wats. Okay. But in fact, I will say this story. The very first thing that Achan Po said to me the very first thing, and he was standing at the front door, the front gate of the Wat. He was there at the temple gate, standing when I rode up on my bicycle, and the first thing he said to me is, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. That's nice. <laughs> well, it, but it wasn't magical. Yeah. You see, he had been to another town up in Chumpon, and on the way back, and uh, uh, he was riding, and he saw uh, me on the road. He passed by on the road, and he had the mental note that this guy down in the south here, 
uh, this far away at this time of day on a bicycle, this far away from anything that has to do with uh, tourism, didn't exist back then. And so he knew that I would be coming to watch Stonewall. How he knew that, I don't know, but he was firm enough in his idea that that's what I was on my way to, that he was standing in front of the gate waiting for me. And that's the kind of reception that I got there. That's one of the things that I can say about Watson Milk is that I felt home there almost actually immediately because of this, uh, not just this, but all of the other stuff that they genuinely wanted me to be there. Okay. Yeah, I checked like on their site, they are saying they don't take foreigners. That's why I started looking in Europe. And then they are referencing to to another what, um, under Achan Chan or something like that. Achan Cha. Yeah, I think so. C H A H. I I guess yeah, but I I, okay. I, I don't. That's a, okay. That's a good place to go. Okay. Achan Cha. If they're saying uh, that uh, uh, Westerners are not uh, invited to come, some. Some old ladies made that decision for some reason. <laughs> um, connection is one second. If you can hear me, it's, uh, I can't hear you. Connection is stuck. Yeah, I can hear you. You're moving. Yeah, I can't hear really, and you're not moving. All right, so now it gets better. All right. I still can't see you, but I guess I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. All right. So is the screen still frozen now? Okay, strange. It's okay. Um, it's it's a bit laggy. All right. Yeah, the internet here is good. Yeah, in Germany, not. <laughs> they are not so good with. Yeah, I'm, I, actually, I'm I'm really surprised at at some of the things that we've got. Um, even on this island, I've got fiber optics. Yeah, and like Germany, not like I live in a big town and then we don't have fiber. <laughs> so, um, go and see what you can find, and uh, uh, we can put the kind actually take your camera pictures of the places that you go. Now I think you're frozen. Now so I just switched the wireless LAN. Now it should work. Okay, and now I see you. Yeah. You good, were frozen good. here on my screen for a minute. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, um, go go to the watt, take your camera. Okay. Take some photos. Uh, talk about Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa. 
um, and and that kind of thing uh, to to make a connection with them. Uh, ask them what services they have for uh, in German language, and that sort of thing. And so that we can uh, uh, get that information um, into our database. Okay, is there anything else? Because I heard you talk that when you were in a ward in, in the US, the only thing you had to do was do lunch or something like that. And oh, um, okay. right. there are some that have a, like a program, you get up at six and chant and then do this and do that. And do then you chant. Some, some watch are really into chanting. Okay. <laughs> some watch are not at all into chanting. And I have lived in, in both. And even in the what where Achan uh, Mahasamsak was actually, <laughs> he was at least nationwide in the United States known for him, for his chanting. And I lived with him and he never required that I come in in the morning. At okay. four, five, or six in the morning. You never. It's not ever re a requirement, but it's valuable. Okay. I just thought maybe like if they have just such a strict schedule, it's not the real thing. Well, um, words like strive and strict and that kind of thing is not part of Buddhist language. Words like restraint are in the sense that every individual is on their own spiritual journey and that the Wat is something like a toy box for that. Okay, so um, let's go back to primary school or kindergarten or, or uh, 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 preschool, daycare, that kind of thing, okay. right? No one there, the te they, some of them, now in school, the, you're, you're supposed to pay attention to the teacher, but in, in daycare or play school, they, the, the workers there provide the toys and let the child play with the toys the way that they want to. Yeah. All right. A what? is not a school. It's more like a daycare center, except that it's <laughs> with sleepovers. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, generally the watch will put about as much uh, authoritarian restrictions upon you as your average uh, single by yourself alone walk in the woods. The woods are not going to require you to sit down under this tree for this long. Okay, so it's like you either do it or you don't or. It's up to you and guess what? the folks who don't want to do it don't stay anyway. And so there was no problem coming, no problem staying and no problem leaving. <laughs> okay, and so if you have questions, you just talk to these people and you, you just. Mm -hmm. Especially the guy uh, the, the walk. Yeah, so you'll look for two things. One will be the uh, the monks who know German very well. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other one is to get to know the temple apt. The word okay. is chow what? Chow what? Okay. The chow what is the abbot. It's, in fact, the word chow is uh, uh, a word in, in the Thai and the Pali that has to do with the, uh, something in charge, the biggest one here or something like that. For instance, in Thai language, the name of the Buddha is Praputa Chow. He's the head Buddha, as opposed mm. to the only Buddha. When in English and the West, we talk about the Buddha. No, yeah. in Thailand, it's got, you got to reference him as Chow, as the head Buddha. Okay, and so Chow Wat is the head man of the Wat. And Chao Pra is actually the head, is the main river that comes down by Bang, through Bangkok. Okay. Okay. There's also a designation of Chao Khun, which is a designation of, that, that would be basically the equivalent of in Catholicism, they have cardinals, about 300 cardinals. Right? Okay. And they're the ones who elect the Pope. They have a similar thing in Thailand, with Chao Kun, about three to 500 well-known, uh, very established teaching monks and who are uh, very highly respected will get the designation of Chao Kun. So that's that word Chao. And the Chao Wat is the guy who's in charge of the Wat. I think I've taught you the word now because it's <laughs> so yeah. many ways. <laughs> And that will get you in if you ask for Chow Wat, because they know that you know a little bit, if you know who to ask for in Thai language. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because I was looking into, into like, Europe region, because I checked out, like, with uh, health insurance and all this, it's a little more expensive than I thought, the Thailand thing. Um, and... Uh, I just found the name Wat Pananacha. I just sent you the link. Wat Pananacha. You actually have a Wat in in Germany named Wat Pananacha. No, 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 no. This is one island that I found. Yes, right. I know Wat Pananacha. Right. Is, okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just couldn't pronounce it. That's why I sent you the link. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know Wat Pananacha in in Thailand. And then I'll, I'll I'll try to get into contact with them. To just or do you happen to have anyone they who... are overwhelmed okay that what was never designed to have the kind of attention that it's gotten worldwide okay okay that's like having the uh the guru that's too famous that you, you you're you're the closest you can get to the guru is 30 or 40 feet because you've got a whole sea of people between okay. you and the yeah. teacher right <laughs> Those are the kind of places to avoid, actually. Okay. So do, we, do you happen to have any, any links or any places where I can get into contact, like maybe some in Europe, some in Thailand? To... Well, you've already found 10. I mean, that's, a, that's at least three months worth of work right there. <laughs> and by the time you visit all of those places, you'll have so much information about Thai Buddhism and, and Buddhism in Germany. Okay. You'll become the expert if you go visit them all. <laughs> But nobody else knows. I bet they, well, they do know each other. 
at the at the at the Abbott level, all of the Abbots know uh, at least they have a network. So that if I if I want to find somebody at a particular watch, I'll call um, Robert. Robert will call either Achan uh, Tanut or Achan Reed and speak in Thai and find out any name of any uh, Abbot of any watt in the United States within three or four phone calls. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that that's so true in Germany. However, here we are working really hard to find about anything about the watts in Germany, but we're not in their circuit yet. Okay. But I hope that we can plug this in because this is the whole idea of the, uh, uh, the Open Sangha Network is for the Western Buddhists to get plugged in with the already plugged in Buddhism that's all over the place. That it's almost like that uh, Western Buddhism is an orphan child. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the, but, the, but the Lao and the Cambodian, they know each other. And the Lao and the Thai, they know each other. And the Cambodian and the Thai, they know each other. In fact, Achan uh, Mahasamsak is a Thai monk who is in charge of uh, a, a Cambodian Wat. But if there is a Lao ordination, he will often uh, be in that Lao ordination because he's the dude who knows all the ordination chants and everything, just out by heart. <laughs> and so this is the kind of connections that are there uh, in the U.S. Uh, that the Westerners who live in the very cities and towns that these monks are in, and they don't know them and they don't think about them, when they think about Buddhism, they write, they buy a book or go online and they look in English language and they don't understand that everything that they need is readily available to them. And here you've gone and found 10 places. The first thing you do is you call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like they're around the corner. <laughs> oh, they're not close. Okay. All yeah, right. Well, I like can understand that. Two yeah, to so three take, hours, right. For Three hours? My goodness, I didn't know Germany was that big. I thought you crossed <laughs> the whole country twice in three hours. <laughs> I think it's like 11 or 12 hours from the bottom to the top. What happened to the Autobahns? <laughs> Man, if I was in Germany on an Autobahn, I'd at least have a 1200cc BMW motorbike, and I'd see how I could make that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so if they're that far away, then you need to uh, plan a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, in With advance. Corona at the moment and all of this. <clears throat> That's actually I'm seeing is uh, in, is working an advantage in some ways because that gives us plenty of time. That there's no pressure for us to try to get all of this stuff together all at one time because so many of the places are closed. Oh yeah. That in fact you might want to start calling around first to call yeah, them just, before yeah. you go to any of them or send a mail or something like that mm -hmm. the problem with calling is is that you have to talk with whoever answers on the phone <laughs> yeah. if you go there you can talk to any and everybody <laughs> <laughs> so just write a mail and 
check out if I can come or see yeah, if it's a weekend. That's a good idea. Um, but I'm still really interested in Thailand. So you said this Wat Panana Chat is one of the places to avoid, but it's right. one of okay. the places that come well, up all again, like all, in all the time. Okay. Uh, basically, here's the deal that was struck so many years ago between Achan Cha and Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa was that Achan Cha, um, and, and it wasn't just between just those two, but this was actually, let us say, the top deal of the Thai Sangha, was that Achan Cha would be the one monk who would devote himself to opening Buddhism up to the, to the Western community. And it's been somewhat successful because there's been probably 30 monks who have ordained under the Achan Cha tradition already. Okay. As opposed to with Wat So and Mok, we can barely manage 10. But that was intentional. It was okay. intentional uh, that Achan Cha would, would be the one. However, at Wat So and Mok, has been living uh, in and around Watsu and Mok for nearly 30 years now. Okay. He's English. He speaks English. He's a very good friend of mine. And going and hanging out with him or going and living with... Um, uh, uh, Achan Meta at uh, Dam Kiem, uh, going and staying at uh, uh, Deepa Bhawan with Achan Po, uh, uh, being, being doing, if you stay at Dam Kiem, you can uh, spend some time volunteering at the uh, International Dhamma Hermitage where they give uh, retreats. Once a, uh, they're not doing any retreats now. Well, actually, they're doing them, but the attendance is down to about ten percent. Mm. Instead of one hundred and twenty people coming, they have a dozen. So but, uh, there are obviously places to go if I find out all the visa stuff. Intentionally, and... there were places set up for Westerners right right around here. Then, okay. in fact. One of the places that I should mention, besides the International Dhamma Hermitage, Deepa Bhawan, uh, Dham Kiem, Watsu and Mok, uh, and in fact, at Watsu and Mok, they would recommend these other places anyway. Then on this island, we have two retreat centers. One of them is less than two kilometers from here, and you could go and live there and hang out. There's also another one uh, up at Sitanu uh, uh, <clears throat> on this island that's run by Anthony Maxwell, who is a good friend of Achan Po. Okay. And the last but certainly not least is we got a place on you, for you here on the porch. <laughs> and you come hang out in the woods with us here. <laughs> That sounds pretty nice. <laughs> so that's what we have right here in South Thailand that are all within uh, doable distance. Okay. Do, do you know anyone who, who's, who, who came recently, like from the US, from the West, who, 
who've been through all the visa stuff and all the organizational thing, maybe, who I can contact? Actually, uh, everything is topsy-turvy, but in one thing, things are in your favor. And that is, is that one of the topsy-turvy is about uh, the fact that there's only a very few flights that tourism has almost died in Thailand and all the tourist industry is hoping for it to come back. That's why Thailand is already doing AstraZeneca's uh, uh, vaccination stuff. Um, uh, the, I, what I have heard, but I don't think that they'll implement it, is, is that they're going to have vaccines set up at the airport. So any and everybody who comes into the airport, unless they can prove that they've already had the vaccine, they get vaccinated upon arrival <laughs> okay and then they still go into quarantine yeah <laughs> but because of the issue of the quarantine for travelers or uh, uh tourists they've extended the visa now to where it's actually quite easy to get three months and then two extra uh, extensions so mm -hmm. that you can stay here nine months without okay. any problems with visas at all oh, okay that's that's the new visa but the requirement is that you have to be in quarantine for two weeks. Okay, so quarantine, maybe a vaccine, um, around about nine months visa, and you like, yeah, health insurance. That's Pardon? the basics. And health insurance, that's the basics to get done with, right? Because I, I don't understand. Say like again? All, all the what's mentioned that you need health insurance, like that you need to have covered, I don't know, your health insurance has to cover 50,000 bucks if something happens so that they can take care of you. So that the what has some, some insurance that's... What watch? Um, I can send you afterwards but, the names. But you, you, you mean the German watch? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'll send you the links afterwards. I, I know that the insurance industry is trying to sell insurance to Westerners here in Thailand, but I'm, I'm absolutely convinced instantly that no what in Thailand is going to require a Westerner to have uh, health insurance. Because in Thailand, there's a national health plan that people here go to the, go to the hospital too often because it's free. <laughs> Okay. Yes, yeah, it's because for me, I have to pay full price, and for me, full price is for a doctor's visit and fifty dollars for an X-ray, and so I can go to the doctor and have X-rays and get a whole pile of medicine and all of that for less than a hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, so, uh, but I would imagine that it's possible that it would be the German places that would be saying. For health insurance for those who stay there because Could they don't be, have yeah. I'm, they I'm don't not have sure which option. which one which ones these were um i'll check them out and, and send you maybe it's interesting for the list as well okay well what that means then is that if these are german watch that are requiring health insurance that means that they expect you to stay <laughs> <laughs> And believe me, I think that health insurance annually is a whole lot cheaper than rent for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, yeah, it's 120 bucks each month here in Germany. 
Okay. So, um, but I can understand why they would want health insurance because they do feel obligated for the health. Yeah, I'll, I'll check these places. I'm not sure if they were German. I'll check them out and, and see where, where Rats is. That that's what actually you could say that this is the actual intention of having the Sangha in the first place was so that it was fairly easy for people to come up with the four requisites of basic housing, just adequate, basic food, just adequate, adequate uh, clothing, and adequate medical attention. Well, 2,500 years ago, adequate medical attention was nothing but a bucket of cow's urine. Yeah. <laughs> As a disinfectant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it gets fermented, you know. Fermented okay. cow's urine. And not only that, but the reason it gets fermented is because of yeast infections. That's where okay. they get yeast from. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of advanced. <laughs> okay. And so um, herbs and things like that, but medical uh, care in, in the time of the Buddha was fairly rudimentary. Now it is so sophisticated and because of that so expensive, but generally the Amer uh, excuse me, but the monks in Thailand uh, take, uh, let us say, great pride in their uh, noble lion's attitude that they can handle it and they're satisfied even while the body would be in a condition that the Westerners would have put you in a, a, an ambulance and carry you to the hospital. Okay. The, the Thai monks get very much like the guard at the, um, uh, on the bridge in the movie um, uh, The Holy Grail, you know, the Monty Python movie? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> And the king chops his arm off, only a scratch. Cuts <laughs> his other arm off. Ah, oh, that's all right. Cuts his leg off, and now he leaves him a bloody stump. And then the king just goes across the bridge, and this guy's saying, come back here and fight like a man. <laughs> okay. That's generally the attitude of the Thai monks about medical help. Okay. That Archon Po actually had cataracts. And they got in bad. What's cataracts, that? the white stuff on the eyes so that you go blind. Okay. It, what it is is that cataracts are the, uh, um, the cornea or the lens becomes milky white. Oh, okay. Yep. And the old days, they just cut the lens off, but now they've got uh, surgical things to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it took us years to get Ajahn Po in to see a doctor <laughs> for a medical procedure that didn't last but about an hour or so. Okay. That's just how they are. Bhikkhu Buddhadasa actually, when he was dying, refused the king of Thailand. Because you know what kind of circles he went in if the king of Thailand is offering his own personal helicopter to take Bhikkhu Buddhadasa from South Thailand to the very best medis medical care they have in Bangkok. And Tana Chan Buddhadasa says, no thanks. I'll die here happily. Thank you very much. But I could appreciate that they would allow or that they would require at these watts, if you've got German people moving in, that they would expect to have medical care up to the standards that were in Germany. And the answer to that is, yeah, if you 
got the medical insurance for it. Okay. Okay. So that'll give you the history of that. That's what that that's all about. Um, is that uh, uh, medicine uh, is one of the four requisites and is part of the deal. That if you come live at the temple, they'll do what they can for your health care. They feed okay. you, they close you, you, they house you, and they don't give you a bunch of rules. They just give you an opportunity to become happy. Okay, so Thailand is like just get a plane ticket and... Well, yeah, you have to get this special visa. Yeah, okay, so visa, yeah, exactly. So visa and the plane ticket and then, like... If, if you go so far as to start shopping for plane tickets, give me a call and I'll give you an itinerary of how to get from the airport, whichever airport, to here. Close yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to the point, like this month, I, I have... <clears throat> I have to I think my... there are six international airports in Thailand. Seven. Okay. Seven international airports, which means that you can fly from Germany to uh, one of these uh, international Thai airports without having to go and change planes in Bangkok. Yeah, there are, I think there are straight lines, yeah. Uh, that one of the ways uh, for Thailand is generally that uh, flying into Malaysia. Okay. And then coming from Malaysia, from uh, Kuala Lumpur or Penang, uh, up to Surat Thani. Surat Thani uh, is the closest international airport. But also, Nikorn Sri Tamarat has an international airport. But the old way of doing it is the way that I know, and that is everybody flies into Bangkok. And then from Bangkok, we take a boat-bus uh, combination overnight to come down to the islands. Okay. And that one of the buses stops right in front of Wat Suan Mok. <laughs> okay. At about four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can get a bus from Bangkok and, and just get off right in front of Wat Suan Mok. But you got to make sure that you're telling the driver about it and give him a hundred bucks. <laughs> And say, please wake me up and get me off this, this thing at Watso and Moke. And he'll know. Because <laughs> it's on the route. <laughs> so, so there's there's less to plan than I thought. Like, yeah, there's not so much. Well, you need to plan, but I can give you all of the tools that you need to do that planning. Okay, so when I'm into that stage, I'll just give uh -huh. you a call. Right. And that tourism is the big thing in Thailand, which means that all of the kind of public transportation that you would hope for would be available to us. And now they're running empty. And so they really want you as a passenger. <laughs> okay. And, and so there's Raja, there's the state, there's Lumpraya, all of them run uh, bus boat combinations uh, from Bangkok. Okay, nice. So then I have that out of my mind. So there's nothing to do really until right. I decide to do it. And meanwhile, I can use my weekends to to check out German stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, pretty nice. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll finish this off. Yeah. And uh, go, go spend some time in those watch column first.
Nice. Uh, one Find thing, can you, can, you, open. can you put this anonymously, like without my picture? Uh, okay, yeah, I'll do that now. Okay, nice. Good. <laughs> Thank you. We'll see you.